Extraordinary Unplugged, a podcast for people looking to create bigger, braver, more meaningful lives, people who are prepared to do what it takes to make it happen. I grew up in a house where our love language was to poke fun at each other and laugh at each other. And that's how I engage comfortably with people. If I can joke with you, then we're all good. I'm Elka Edwards, founder of Ivy House. This week I spoke to Bryony, who has an incredibly successful career in digital marketing, but has also spent her whole adult life not comfortable with who she is or confident enough to bring her whole self to her relationships. Thank you for joining me. Thank really, you. really appreciate it. So who's Bryony? I'm very independent. When I left university, I vowed never to move back home and made a conscious effort to work in whatever jobs were available. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. I did an illustration degree, but just knew I wanted to be out on my own, doing my own thing, getting experience and, and seeing where that took me. What I noticed when I started working was that I was not comfortable in my own skin and felt like I had to put on a bit of a, like a mask or a, a kind of a polite front sort of in the first couple of months of, of working anywhere because I wasn't sure how to just straight away be myself and wasn't sure what people would think of me if I was myself immediately. And I think part of that is that I'm not very comfortable with small talk. I don't know how to just chit chat. I'm, I'm kind of more happy on the sidelines observing everything before I get into being myself, I guess. I feel more comfortable in that zone. I tend to either be quite quiet and hang back. And then when I know people really well, I go straight into really deep conversations about absolutely everything. But I don't know how to do in between. So um, what's on your mind then? What, what's the challenge we're going to talk about today? I think I'd just like to feel more confident in myself, more comfortable in my own skin, in those initial interactions with people and not worry so much about what people will think of me. And I think that's down to how I think of myself maybe. I'm not sure if I've, if I've got the right view of, of how people really see me. Talk to me about that a bit more. If you had that, if you were, as you say, comfortable in your own skin, what would be different for you? How would it play out? I think I'd just be more open with people. Imagine I'd given you a magic pill and, and you woke up tomorrow and you were really super comfortable being you wherever you were. What would I notice that was different? How, what would you notice inside that was different? I'd speak up a lot more. I'd join in a lot more quicker because I do. It just takes me a while to get there. I think it's, the, it's that length of time. I'd like to just be able to dive in and not overthink what I'm saying, what people are thinking of me. Do you worry a lot about what people think about what you say? Yes, I do. Mm. And what impact does that have on you? I second guess myself a lot. And then I say the wrong thing because I'm not actually saying what I'm thinking. It's like I'm, I have to think of something clever or think of something worthwhile to say. And if I can't think of anything, I just stay quiet. Bryony is not alone with this concern. So many of us worry that what we're going to say is going to be judged negatively by others. And then that worry hinders how we show up in lots of different situations. This often means that people don't get to actually see who we really are. And it stops us making a true connection with others. I'm hearing a lot of judgment. 
all over the place. That must be exhausting. I think it's just the way I've always been. So let me just play back what I've heard in terms of what you want to get out of this conversation. You'd, you'd like to live in a way that you were just fully comfortable with who you are and could show up to your relationships. Because I've heard you talk about that a lot, about how you show up, joining in, speaking up, saying what's on your mind. Mm. So there's, there's two parts to this, isn't it? It's one about how you show up in the outside world in your relationships. You want to show up in a freer, more engaged way. Mm. Those are my words. And secondly, you don't want the inner turmoil that comes from thinking, oh my God, I've said something wrong. I shouldn't have said that. That was wrong, bad. I don't know what your language is. What would your language be, in fact, tell me, before I put words in your mouth? I worry about coming across it as stupid, blunt, maybe, upsetting people. I grew up in a house where our love language was to poke fun at each other and laugh at each other. And that's how I engage comfortably with people. I don't really get into kind of earnest stuff about like feelings or anything. But if I can joke with you, then, then we're all good. So that's a habit of behaviour. Mm. Mm. And what I'm hearing is, is actually you'd like to create some new habits of behaviour. Mm. So why don't we start there? Why don't we start with, I've given you the magic pill. And you are you, fully you. How would you feel? How would you wake up feeling? How would you be different in your relationships? I guess I would be freer, I think is a really good word for it. I'd feel a lot freer. I think I just wouldn't worry. To be free of worry would be really nice. I worry about a lot of things and spend less time than I used to, but I do spend a lot of time worrying about things. What sort of things? It can be anything. My husband and I joke about being worst case scenario brain, which is a new, a new situation as, as is coming. And I will immediately start thinking about, oh, but what if? And it would be the worst things that could possibly happen in that. Like if I was going for a job interview, oh, what, if I, what if I can't find it? What if I'm late? What if I say the wrong thing? And that's what I'll imagine the scenario to be like. Mm-hmm. And then I go into that scenario with all of this worry rather than just being in the moment and being myself. Worry is an interesting thing. A lot of people think that if they don't worry, they're going to miss out on something. Or they think if they don't think about the worst case scenario, they're going to be disappointed when the good thing doesn't happen. There's a big difference between spending your life worrying about everything bad that could happen and actually dealing with challenges when they actually happen from a positive and a strong place. So you'd be freer. Mm-hmm. You would have less anxiety inside. Mm-hmm. You'd spend a lot less time focusing on thoughts that didn't make you feel very good. Yeah. What would be the impact of all of those things? I think people will get to know me better. I think I'm quite closed That's for a long time. And what would be the impact of them getting to know you quicker? That's a bit scary, but um, trust, I think. I'd be a lot more trusting of people. I just want to ask a question, actually, because one of the things that often happens with people that um, have a lot of judgment about themselves and how they show up to their relationships is they often have a lot of judgment about how other people show up as well. Right. For those of you that can't see, Priony is nodding her head. Talk to me about... Because that plays out in our relationships too, right? Mm. So 
we, a lot of judgment. Oh my God, I said the wrong thing. I shouldn't have done that. Da, 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 da. But then exactly the same for the other person. I can't believe they did that. They, they, they didn't, they haven't responded to this. They've done this. Mm. There's often, or they, I can't believe they behaved in that way. But so tell me if that plays out for you and if it doesn't, fine. But it doesn't in my personal relationships. I, I'm quite happy for people to be who, who they are without judgment. It's more people I don't know. I have a lot of judgment on about what they've said or what they've done or what I think they're thinking. So it's really interesting because judgment is a protective mechanism. Mm. So it keeps people separate from us. Mm -hmm. A judgment on self keeps us from engaging with others. So I'm wondering what is that about? You've got two mechanisms in play here Mm -hmm. that are keeping you from actually the closeness that you want to get to with a far broader group of people. It's interesting because one of my values was connection and another one was friendship. So I obviously really care. Which is why you've chosen the subject to talk about. Because mm. you're going, this isn't working in the way that it could work. And I want to resolve it. So that makes perfect sense to me. Mm. You've uncovered your values. You understand what they are. Amazing. And now you're going, but it's not playing out. And I think what the, we've uncovered the reasons it's not playing out is, firstly... You're judging yourself constantly, Mm. yeah, for how you show up. And then you're judging the other people for how they show up. It's a judgment circle. It's a judgment (laughs) circle. It's a judgment battle. Okay. I'm giving you a magic wand of insight here. Mm. What would your insight be to just release all of that? That I just wouldn't have thoughts running through my head all the time. That I listen to. Not... Ah, brilliant catch. Mm. So I wouldn't have, you said thoughts, but actually those kinds of thoughts mm-hmm. that you listen to. That's that's an amazing insight, actually, you've just given yourself because you're going, I'm creating this in my head. Mm. And the thoughts I'm giving time to and focusing in on are driving the behavior that I am then showing up with. Mm. I do always think there are external factors that have influenced that thinking. Absolutely. Like I, I don't I don't think I've made this up. I think I have had experiences where I have gone, oh that's interesting. I'm that's because of me. That person has reacted because of me. So I've kind of just built that up, I guess. I've attached something to so it. So let's talk about that. Give me an example, because you're you're homing in on exactly mm. the right stuff. So Probably from the age of about six or seven, my older brother just stopped talking to me, fully ignored me, wouldn't acknowledge me at all for years. And the only way I knew to get a reaction from him then was to probably be really annoying, which he then, you know, didn't want to have anything more to do with me. He's five years older, 15 year old boy and a 10 year old little sister that's like, play with me, play with me, want to get a reaction. And he just didn't want to have anything to do with me. So family holidays were always a joy. If we were all together, we just, we just didn't can talk I, to can each I other. Ask, was that dealt with within your family? I would say no. I think we all just got used to it being that way. Right. So, so there's a double rejection there. Mm. So the rejection of your brother and the rejection of both your parents not addressing the issue. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I can feel... The, the pain and I'm gonna guess because you said there are external circumstances 
and you then developed a habit of how to cope with that. Mm. What I love about this example is it's so deep and can be seen as so painful. Those painful examples we always believe then are causes for how we then choose to behave in our lives going forward, right? Yeah. And you were 10, whatever age. When did you say you stopped talking to you? Probably from eight. Eight. So the the resources you had available at the time where you decided to become the annoying sister to talk to me, see me, even if I have to argue with you, I'd rather be seen mm. by you, yeah? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that played out with your parents as well in some shape or form. Mm. And then we create a pathway, we create a habit of behaviour that is, I have to be annoying or irritating or quiet or you know I have to be whatever it is for people to see me I say I do that less it's more I don't mean the the annoyingness I mean the more you have created some habits yeah I know I definitely have and it is a it is a protection thing don't want to have that again I don't want to be rejected so it's far easier to reject strangers by making lots of judgment yep yep Does that play out? Definitely. So I'm going to reject that stranger because I don't want them to reject me. And it's going to take people a hell of a lot long time to get close to me because I've got to feel safe. It's funny, I I know that. But hearing it and talking about it out loud, you go, God, yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's why I do it. Yeah. And your courage to come here today and have this conversation just tells me you don't want it to be like that for the rest of your life. No. And I suspect you've created a set of beliefs that support the way you behave at the moment. And there's going to be now an opportunity for you to release them. They served you when you were eight. They served you when you were ten. But they're not serving you anymore. Mm. And because we carry beliefs with us so unconsciously, They're so stuck to our face. You know, I always talk about belief glasses. I talk about it in the book and and on our programs that they're like those optician glasses and they've got those lenses, but they're invisible to us. So we don't really see that we're seeing the world through that lens. We think we're seeing the world as it is. We think we see that strangers must be taken really cautiously because they might hurt and reject me. Mm. And they're stuck. Those lens glasses are stuck to our faces. We think we're seeing things as they are, Mm. but we're not. And therefore, we think there's no other way. But the fact that you've come here to have this conversation means, number one, you've got an inkling that there is another way. And number two, you want it. Mm. But the beauty of what you've said to me today is you went straight to, I know this is coming from my thinking. Mm. But it's not as easy because we have neural pathways and, and our our thinking habits, you know, so I, I don't know the exact number, but it's, let's say, 80, 90% of the thinking we had yesterday, we have today. We have very little new thinking in any day. So we have to make a conscious effort to reprogram ourselves. Now, the brilliant thing is, is they used to think that the brain was set. The brain isn't set. It has a plasticity to it, which means that, You know, if we start to create a new pathway and we think and focus in that way, 
very quickly we can create new neural pathways. And the important thing about neural pathways is to not give the old ones any attention. Mm. We don't need to break them. We don't need to harm them or, or just be angry with ourselves for having created them. What you did served you to get to where you are now. And now you want something new and different. So thank you. Thank you to those pathways. You serve me. It's got me here. I'm in a loving relationship. I have a great career. And now I want more and better going forward. And I want to leave those old habits behind. And when we leave old habits behind, we just leave them behind. Now, because they're habits, you know, we'll wake up one morning and we'll forget we've made that decision and something will happen and we'll just trip into that habit. Yeah. So there's there's a piece of work around putting what you want into your focus, into your vision. Now, the amazing thing about the brain, and this blows my mind every time, is the brain doesn't know the difference between reality and, and imagined. So when you see yourself meeting new people and you get into that state of comfort and confidence and being the the funny, interested, curious, educated person you are and see yourself being that day one, hour one and trusting that even if they say something that you disagree with or they they do something that historically you might have judged, you're just going to be okay with it because they're being them and you're being you. Mm. So the more you imagine yourself in that scenario, the more your brain will create the neural pathways that will serve you in the future. It's the best homework in the world because you literally grab yourself a cup of tea and you go and sit there and you imagine yourself being that way and you get yourself into the state of feeling that way because when we have the thinking, we have the feeling and we feel it and we bask in it, we bathe in it. And the more you do that, It's just like if you were training for a marathon. You couldn't train for a marathon without going out running. And you wouldn't start by doing, is it 26 miles a marathon? Okay, so if you wouldn't start by doing 26.2, you'd probably start by doing two, three. So just start building this up. And then in real life, when you have the experience, you go, ah, I'm about to go and meet some new people. Actually, I'm going to show up as the new me. Well, actually, what I would say is the real me. Because you weren't born the way you developed. We are born with that curiosity, that natural engagement with people. You see toddlers, they're not going, you know, oh, they don't like me. I can see it, I saw it in their eyes, (laughs) you know. (laughs) They think I'm stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So it's about returning back to your original nature, Mm. who you are. And I I just wanted to pick up on that a bit as well, because there was something then in your story of yourself. So I wanted to ask you how your story of yourself could change to better support who you want to evolve back to. Hmm. I guess I would have described myself as shy or reserved, but actually I don't think that is true. I think it is just that barrier that I've put in place. So rather than saying I'm shy or I like to hang back or I'm reserved, thinking I want to get stuck in. I like, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy meeting new people. I enjoy getting to know people and having that focus. 
a bit more. So there's there's another part then of, of the thing, the work you can do, which is to create the real story of you. Because mm. you just said, I used to say I was shy, but I'm not. Mm. I'm not. Shy is just a behaviour, by the way. Mm. It's just a set of behaviours that we identify with. How does this play out for you? What set of behaviours have you overly identified with? Do you tell yourself you're shy, lacking in confidence, suffer from anxiety? Do you see yourself as stupid, unattractive, a workaholic, or any other number of self-concepts? Ask yourself, how have you self-identified and what don't you want to carry forward with you into your future? So we get a choice of what we want to identify with. Your opportunity is to identify with who you really are. I want to just take you then to the next part, which is, and what if people judge you? What if some people don't like you? Then they won't be my friend. Yeah. That's it. Not everyone's going to like you. They don't. (laughs) Yeah. The important question, do you know what I'm going to say? Is do you like you? Sometimes. So how do you become the person that you like? I just need to stop judging myself so much. I'm focusing on the bits that I do like and showing that more, showing up more with those behaviours. How about giving yourself a bit more love? How about recognising that you're not perfect? That someday you'll be in a bad mood and you'll snap at someone. And and how about forgiving yourself when you do that? Mm. I could do that. It's a fact. Everybody shows up to relationships differently. They'll all bring stuff. They'll all have their beliefs glasses on. The important thing is, is that we show up to life generally in a way that we're happy with and, and recognize that we're human beings, which means we'll have feelings and emotions and we'll behave in certain ways and we'll go, oh, do you know, I really wish I hadn't done that. But I did. So I'm going to apologize or I'm just going to apologize to myself and forgive myself and move on. Because that's also the human state. I'm also a bit of a perfectionist. So that's a story about yourself. Okay. I get frustrated when things aren't perfect. Including yourself. Mainly myself. Not what other people do. I hate it when I do something that's not perfect. Like a really good example is my driving lessons. When I was learning to drive, if I made one mistake driving around the rest of the lesson would be a disaster I'd be like so annoyed with myself that I couldn't just let it go and I'm like with that with other things as well can I give you a different view of perfect Mm. you come out of the womb right you can't walk talk feed yourself dress yourself so you could go that baby's not perfect yeah human beings have a built-in learning mechanism which includes trying failing, falling down, getting up. So what you're basically saying is, is you are not a fully evolved, know everything, get everything right person, and you're going to spend every day judging yourself for that. Yeah, that's probably quite a common thought. So the human condition is perfectly imperfect. Right now, you are always, we're always perfect right now for where we are right now. What would it take for you to spend more time with that kind of thinking do you believe it because if you don't believe it you won't spend time with it the thing is i i do i do believe it 
it's hard to apply it to myself. Mm. I can I can see that for everybody else. And if I was talking to myself now, you know, I'd be like, what are you talking about? It's it's just a, a like you say, a habit, a habit of thinking that the second something isn't, I haven't done it to what I think is the best of my ability. Okay, so let me rephrase perfect. It's like, I know I can do that better. I know I can. Or I know I'm a learning being. Mm. And I'm growing and evolving every day. So I'm going to turn it back on you then, Bryony, and go, so you also know that you don't have to spend time with these thoughts. And actually to live a better life, letting go of the thoughts of judgment is where the joy lives, right? Yeah. So maybe you could use this to your advantage. And I don't want you to end up judging yourself for spending time with thoughts that aren't serving you. But I also want you to recognize that the journey is not to perfection. The journey is to inner peace mm-hmm. and contentment. If I could give you this package or that package, right? Package A or package B. And in package A, you have the perfect career, the perfect home, you know, the relationship and all the rest of it. And in package B, you have 100% inner peace available to you whenever you want it. Which one are you going to take? Can I not have both? (laughs) (laughs) But wouldn't all of those things feel perfect if you had inner peace? If you had inner peace, Mm. yeah. So they're not mutually exclusive no but if you have inner peace your life is perfect it feels perfect yeah, yeah. absolutely well, then inner peace for me then please <laughs> so i can really really understand why you've developed these habits of judgment and protection because you felt judged it was what was role model to you the question is is if you want to carry it with you no i do not Now, the horrible thing about change is making the decision is the easy bit. To not carry it with you going forward means living with loving yourself no matter what. Giving yourself the love that actually you maybe didn't experience at times when you were growing up. Mm -hmm. To be your greatest champion, your greatest parent your greatest friend to yourself. If instead of being judge and jury, you became Bryony's loving parent, partner, friend, and your job was to just nurture and care for yourself, would that make it easier for you to change the way you thought? Yeah, absolutely. So many people have to do that, you know, you're not alone. So many people have to, it's called a love bomb love bomb themselves to enable themselves to reconnect with the self-worth that they have Mm. what's going on for you right now i'm positive because there is something i can do i don't have to keep hold of this i can change how i think and i feel about it and i think it feels slightly uncomfortable to think of being so pleased with myself or not pleased with myself, but to be my own champion feels feels a bit odd. So say more because what what I would hate for you to go away from this conversation and go, that's just not me. No, I, d- I don't think it. I don't think it in in those terms. Just I guess I worry that I'll take it too far and I'll be too confident in myself. Oh, so we're going back to judgment again then? <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> my old friend. <laughs> yeah. If you had right. a child, if you had a child, you could smother them with love or you could smother them with judgment. Mm. What's going to create the nicer person? <laughs> yeah, the love. I'm not talking about turning yourself into an arrogant idiot. <laughs> I'm talking about recognizing that as human beings, we're always learning every single day. We're always making mistakes in the social sense or whatever. Mm. And it's okay. Mm. It's okay. And we can love and support ourselves. And in doing that, we create, connect with this inside us. We connect with that inner okayness. I'm okay. Mm. I like me. I love me. I just think how many years I've spent not loving myself. It's quite shocking. But I want to. I want to change that. I just don't know where to start. I'm not sure that's true. I haven't known where to start until let's, now. Let's have a little brainstorm. Yeah. Where would you start loving yourself? Is it a start or is it a stop doing things? No, it's definitely a start. Okay. When we try and stop, we're putting energy where we don't want it. Mm -hmm. We're resisting. So you will have these judgment thoughts about yourself. Mm. In 10 minutes after we finish chatting, you're going to have one, right? Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I got so upset talking to Elka. You're going to have one. Mm. And then you notice it come in and you go, ah, oh, there they are. Mm. Bye-bye. Let them pass on. That's So resistance causes more stress and anxiety. Mm. But separation, noticing that you're not your thinking, the thoughts will come in and you get to choose if you want to obsess about it all day. Or you can just go, oh, there it is again. Oh, wow, there's another one. Blimey, I'm good at these judgment thoughts. <laughs> Oh, well, onward. Okay. <laughs> I know you're a drummer. Right, I'm going to go and bash some drums. Yep. <laughs> you know, so it's about keeping that just, ah, oh, there it is. I'm starting to feel really anxious. I'm starting to feel really nervous or upset mm. or angry. Ah, oh, I'm hanging out with this thinking. I'm just going to let it go. Oh, it's back again. Right. Let's go drum. Let's go for a run. It's not about resistance. It's not about ha not having the thought. It is not giving them attention. And it is about positively going, blimey, I've done brilliantly today. I know you're doing incredibly well in your career right now. I wonder how much time you go. Wow. <laughs> what? I nailed it today. <laughs> yeah, not too often. <laughs> You know, that's incredible. This number's amazing. Mm. Wow, I'm getting good at this. And oh my God, I'm so loved. And and by the way, what great friendships I've got. And actually, gosh, I, I'm surrounded by people I really enjoy being with. Mm. I've, I did that. I found myself in that company, in that career, in that. I did that. So there's the acceptance that the negative thoughts the destructive the weakening the disempowering is that a word yeah. yeah those thoughts will come mm -hmm. and let them go and it's the decision to go hey this is good wow what a lovely day god i'm lucky mm. it's a decision to look in that direction and i wouldn't waste any time worrying about what happened in the past so many people will bring 
things from the past back to them on a daily basis and re-suffer the pain. Yeah. But you do have a choice. Yeah. What happened, happened. You're not there now. No. And actually, I'm great friends with my brother now, which is a good story. Brilliant. And I think he, I think he feels terribly guilty now. Have you ever talked about it? Ish. Or maybe he can hear this. Maybe there's a deeper level of love that you can reach. So what would you take away from this conversation? To be kinder to myself. And celebrate the positive things. And not not judge that I'm doing that. I would judge that I was doing that. Like, oh, don't get too, you know, don't pat yourself on the back too much kind of thing. Just, I'm still going to have those thoughts. I'm just not going to attach anything to them. And if you do... You find yourself in a thought spiral, you find yourself getting really low and you've been there for days and then you wake up and go, oh, I'm doing it again. Mm -hmm. No judgment again. Yep. Don't judge. Just go, oh, wow, three days lost to that thinking. (laughs) That was a bit of a shame. It was quite sunny. (laughs) And I didn't notice. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Just move on. Today's a new day. Mm. Many people listening to this would have been thinking that they can't move on until they've forgiven the bad thing that happened to them in the past. And for so many of us, this is absolutely true. But the important thing to remember about forgiveness is that it's about you and not the other person. They're on their own journey. They make their own decisions day in, day out. But it's our decision to keep carrying the pain of something that happened with us in the past into our future. If we want to forgive someone, we don't actually even need to meet with them. We don't need to even have a conversation. We can just really get quiet within ourselves and let that go. We can forgive them wherever we are, whenever we want to. And I know it's possible because I've done it with other things. So that gives me the confidence to stick at it. I just need to apply it to this. Well, if you don't stick at it, as you say, then the option is to go back to where you've been. Mm. But it's not hard work in a in a hard work kind of way. It's um. I always know that when I work with people that they just wish I could just go, right, here's your medication and this will solve it for you. And they sort of almost resent the fact that actually the work is being mindful of the thoughts they're hanging out with and and making an effort to positively imagine themselves in the way they want to be. And they find that far more, they'd much rather just take the pill. Yeah. And I would obviously be a very rich woman if I had those pills. But it's actually amazingly enjoyable when you get into seeing yourself and feeling the way you feel and and pre-programming your body and your mind to live that life. Mm. So clearly, um, as courageous learners, we can learn from other people. Uh, We can learn from books, from videos, whatever it might be. We can learn from outside ourselves. But the thing most of us always forget is to learn from within ourselves. And actually, I believe that's where the greatest wisdom lies. So the reason we ask people to write a letter to their 17-year-old self is to help them understand what they already know. So if you'd like to read yours, that'd be great. Bryony. I know you'll raise an eyebrow when I say that people will like you for being you. 
You don't have to pretend to be someone you're not. You don't have to make grand statements. The best, the strongest, the fastest. That's not what makes you memorable. Be a generous friend. You'll meet some incredible people who are worth it. Celebrate other people's successes. It doesn't mean you won't have your own. And celebrate those when they come to. Be quick to forgive and slow to anger, not the other way around. Listen to the positives, not just the negatives. Tell people what they mean to you. They're not mind readers. And aloof isn't really that cool. Try harder. Don't give up on the thing just because you're not immediately brilliant at the thing. Keep writing. I know it's less fun when you have to do it for a grade, but I promise you'll find a love for it again, both at work and in your own time. Slow down. Don't wish your time away. Enjoy your life as it happens. Even the rubbishy bits will be useful. Let people see the real you. Be authentic, be brave, be happy. Be wary of cutting your hair too short. You will look like a mushroom. <laughs> Did you look like a mushroom? Absolutely. I a had little a mushroom. Haircut. Mushroom. <laughs> Does everyone go through that stage? And my father, he was a hairdresser. I'll never forgive him. <laughs> Brittany, that was lovely. Thank you. I'm just interested before we end. What what happened to you when you were writing that? What, what did you notice? I think just how much I've I've been this way for such a long time. And if I'd known it then, things could have been really different for me. I think I got quite reflective, but positive too. Like positive that there were some things in there I could tell myself confidently now, looking back on it. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you. Take care. You've been listening to Extraordinary Unplugged, brought to you by Pixel, our wonderful sponsors, and Ivy House, a team on a mission to bring life-changing learning to students, teachers, and corporate organizations. If you know anyone that would benefit from this podcast, please share it. And to hear more, please subscribe. To find out more about Ivy House, you can visit us at ivyhouse.co.uk.